Today's episode is brought to you by Reef Builders, winner of Best of Howls, five years running. Reef Builders is a Tempe, Arizona-based, full-service design-build construction company. What's a design-build company? It means you deal with one company for everything. Reef Builders is able to take your vision and bring it to life by drawing your plans, producing photorealistic, high-resolution 3D renderings of your kitchen, baths, and more, helping you design and pick your finishes, and finally, executing that vision. With their years of building experience and a superior client experience, using tools such as online project management software through their client portal that allows you to see your renovation in real time. Whether you're in town, on vacation, or living in another state, you have access to job progress photos, your build schedule, financials, and much more anywhere in the world. So if you're looking for a complete bath or kitchen renovation, a complete home renovation, a custom home designed and built, or a boutique commercial project built out, Reef Builders can deliver it. Reef Builders, your vision, their experience delivered. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's been a while, but we're back, motherfuckers. So <laughs> we said we would get back in the room with uh, Tim Gamage Jr. and Roy Lewis in a year. So it's been about a year to talk about uh, what's changed and uh, what we're dealing with now. So we're back with Chris Stewart, the 40-volt media guys, Roy Lewis and Tim Gamage. Everybody say hi. Hello. What's up? What's happening? It's, that was a... Well, I guess depending on your perspective, that was a fast year. Right. It was. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. It's fast for me. I don't know about you guys. Mm-hmm. Learn. You know. Shit was over. <laughs> yeah. Lot, lot. Well, and this should be a short conversation because we said we were going to talk about, you know, see if things changed and, and what's all changed. So since everything's all better, well, we should yeah. be done in about yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> right. How you guys been? Been blessed. No complaints at all, man. Yeah. Still having fun. Still enjoying work and life. Even amidst all the chaos that's going on around us, you know what I mean. Mm. I stopped watching the news, bro. It's good. It's, 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 yeah, that's <laughs> really yeah, good. It's, that's a healthy <laughs> thing to do. I stopped, Mental like, health. About yeah. fucking three months into COVID, I'm like, this is so fucking dumb. I can't even Pressing. watch it anymore, man. Yeah. So I straight up stopped. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, family's great. Wife just finished MP school. Uh, all right on. Nice. Kids are busy with sports. The older two, younger three are. Busy breaking shit, <laughs> <laughs> causing issues. But, uh, I know your pain. <laughs> yeah, works good. Everything's great. Nice. nice. Yeah. Well, what do you guys think? Where did we come? <laughs> do we go backwards? Yeah, that's a heck of a question. Are we in the same place? Uh, Where are we? Stagnant. Yeah. At best, you know. I think uh, it's funny because uh, me and Tim, we we ran into each other the other day, and we had a quick little conversation about just life and this past year as you were saying and chief were saying how fast it went and uh you know it's uh it's saddening to see that after all the things have done that have been done through the pandemic and all the tension in society that everybody's kind of back to normal as they say the social media feed is back to normal you know nothing is really so to speak uh been super powerfully changeful, um, with the exception of maybe the federal uh, mandate of the uh, the Juneteenth. You know that was that was yeah, a big right? step. Um, that was good, but and know, that that like happened in the last week though. There's been so much other <laughs> right, time, right? You know, and uh, so <clears throat> I think 
one of the things that kind of uh, really made me realize that we still have miles and miles to go um, was during the uh, Derek Chauvin trial, you know, one of the biggest trials uh, on air since the O.J. Simpson trial. And yet during that week, <laughs> we still managed to see chaos with that young brown kid, you know, 13 years old, getting gunned down, the young lady uh, who was the victim, um, getting gunned down, and then ultimately the kid who got pulled over with the air freshener. You know what I mean? It was just a weird time, and I'm like, are we not paying attention to what's going on? We have this man on trial, and we're still doing these other things around it, and it's just like no one cares. You know what I mean? So kind of disheartening a little bit, I would have hoped by now um, things would kind of start making a wave, and they have in some degree, but overall, man, we just we have miles and miles to go, you know? So, so is it... Is it worse in a way now? Uh, ignorance isn't an excuse for a lot of people now. So I guess you could say in a lot of ways it is. I How so? Like like the ignorance thing? Like what are people Well, claiming? for people around me. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because yeah. mm -hmm. like I talked about last time, I didn't really express a lot of my opinions to people to people that weren't from my community before. And now that I have, those that see it and and don't do anything, it is what it is. Like, a uh, couple things I was gonna say uh, to go along with Roy. In regards to the trial and even these, the shootings that have occurred recently, I've gotten to a point that Bomani Jones calls it uh, recreational sadness. I don't participate in it. Copy. So I'm not watching the trial. If I hear about a shooting, unless I see it kind of in a roundabout way, walking into a room or something, I'm not watching it. Because, I mean, we see enough people die in front of our eyes. We, we've we seen enough of these shootings. and I don't need to see it anymore. I, I kind of accept it for what it is and and those are more micro issues. I try to be more mi macro about it. Copy. Uh, talking to Roy a week or so ago when we ran into each other, I was listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago. I think it was right before you text us about this. And uh, it had the, uh, the pastor of the only – or the – only standing structure from the Tulsa riots uh, was on with Bakari Sellers. And he was talking about in 2001, they did a commission of the Tulsa massacre, bipartisan deal with the governor who was a staunch Republican and the mayor of Tulsa who was a Democrat. They got, I think, five or six people together did a study of what happened and then they tried to come up with some things that they needed to do to get better and try to remedy the ills of the past type thing. Well, they came up with five things. I don't remember all five of them off the top of my head, but uh, tuition, free tuition was one of them for descendants of those massacres, uh, reparations for those descendants, a memorial, and two others. 
Now, in my opinion, it's pretty easy to do a memorial. It's just as easy as it was to do the Juneteenth thing. Right, right. Well, initially, the governor supported it, and then his base got a hold of it. And not one of those five things has been done in 20 years. Now, this was 20 years ago, but I think it relates because we had all these conversations as a country, and... I don't think we, I mean, you know, you got this voting, and I don't want to get too political, but you got these voting voting rights bills and states going on where they're making it harder for people to vote. Like, 100%. I don't know how you could get behind it as a, like, whether it's cutting hours that the polls are open or the... the, You can't give water to people in line. Yeah, giving water or food. Yeah. Yeah. So we're moving backwards in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, but, and then, you know, I've had some things happen in my personal life since. I, I think we talked last time, like, my wife is driving home from, from uh, dropping my daughter off at school with my two three-year-olds and my year-and-a-half-old in the car. And, uh... Where I live, getting off the freeway, the new 202, she's in the left-hand lane making a left. There's a pull uh, company truck next to her. Well, that lane, you can only go straight, but people always try to make a left because that's usually what you can do in those situations. Mm -hmm. He turns, she turns, and he starts honking at her because he can't get over. She rolls down her window to tell him, hey, you can't go left there. We both made that mistake ourselves. And he, he calls my wife a fucking nigger. And, uh, and he's in a <laughs> – he's, he's in – it would be like me doing that in a Phoenix fire truck. Or I'm probably not supposed to say the city, but a Phoenix fire truck. <laughs> That's where you were. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. So, that. I would never do that. And to be so bold, like, think about you're literally at work doing this. And and to me, if it would if it had happened to me, it wouldn't have big been a big deal. But to, you're that tough a dude to where you're gonna talk crazy to a woman mm-hmm. with, yeah. with her right. kids. three kids in her right. car. Yeah. Right. Uh not that the, words aren't a huge issue, so it isn't like that is some significant. Well, just the event, fucking act that you're that much of a fucking coward, and it's right. a sentiment, yeah, it's fucking yeah. yeah, right. The message you're trying to send, you know, or the Chauvin trial when he was convicted, a guy on the job, <laughs> uh, speaking up for Chauvin, saying that because I guess he's what did he say? Derek Chauvin's like five nine and hundred and whatever pounds. He had to do what he had to do to protect himself. <laughs> the man was handcuffed. So, <laughs> yeah. so I caught this, this guy post this on social media. Oh, and before no. I commented, I was like, I'm going to call this motherfucker. <laughs> it's better. So it's better. I called him. And he, he says, uh, he says, I, I called him to tell him, hey, man, I don't trust you. Like, if I worked with you, I wouldn't trust you that day. And I don't know this guy well. We, I don't think we had ever worked together. And he was disappointed by that. He didn't see why I would have that opinion and whatever <laughs> That's <else>. the problem. 
And of oh, course, shit. the dude was drunk, so. <laughs> Huh. Makes it even better. But anyway, oh, I, I I told him I told him that, and he tells me, <laughs> "I'm not racist, Tim. I'm I'm basically Mexican." He tells me, <laughs> and I said, mm, "What's basically Mexican?" <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I said, uh, I'm "No, <laughs> no offense, dude, but I I live in Phoenix, Arizona. I've been called I've been called nigger by more Mexicans than anybody." <laughs> <laughs> And that was uh, the end of our conversation. He, he ended up deleting his shit, so I didn't get to post my comment. But I think the the He's like, Fuck, conversation was more important. Like, and, and that's what I try to do. Right. Like, I'll engage you as an individual, so you know where I stand. That way, when I see him, we know we know where each each other stand. And yeah, yeah. Let it let it be. How are the so conversations uh, been? Since the part, since the last podcast that we talked about, like with you guys, are people more open to come talk to you guys? Absolutely. Or have they been heated, or just kind of, kind of more like, hey? No, I think, uh, and I wanted to comment to that what you just said. Uh, I think that is one of the uh, things, that, good things that have come out of uh, this past year and all the craziness and chaos is people being a little bit more receptive and open to having conversations. That's whether it's in the workplace, that's whether it's in passing, that's whether it's in in general, you know, via podcast, via Zoom, everything was going down during Zoom a lot um, during the uh, pandemic. But I think the conversation, the dialogue has been started. There's no running from it now. Everyone is aware of it. We all see it. Um, unless you choose, like Tim says, to be an individual, uh, to be blinded to it, purposefully with the intent to not pay attention or have cognitive dissonance just you know what I'm I don't care if the facts are the facts I'm just going to choose to to live this way then that's a personal matter but I think overall the conversation has started and we saw this across the nation and so that was a good move you know what I mean and so that gets the ball rolling that gets at least things kind of set up in a way where we all can participate got it yeah, I I think a lot of people outside looking in, because I'm not a white man or a woman, when the people that are still having issues feel whether maybe they came from an impoverished background or, you know, they had to work. Most of us had to work hard to get where we are. So, And they feel kind of attacked when you mention some situations that have happened maybe not even to us because we're successful people you know what i mean and that's that's what they'll say a lot uh, as well look at you you're a fire captain you know mm -hmm. my wife's a nurse practitioner all so i live a great life i don't and i am privileged in a lot of ways i had a dad that stayed with my mom and raised me uh he had a good job that allowed you know both his kids to go to college and and all that sort of stuff. But I am an, an anomaly in a lot of ways in my community. Uh, mm -hmm. And we, people gotta be, not take, you have to look at it, the big picture, not just you as an individual. Cause mm -hmm. there are, you know, uh, uh, some some people maybe they really don't or never have seen race or whatever else. I'm gonna tell you right now, I do. 
Now, I have to consciously uh, choose to do the right thing, basically. That, that sure. is what it is. Like, and, and I got... I got a very diverse group of friends. I got a very diverse group of people that come to my house, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's one thing to say you got black friends, Hispanic friends, or whatever else. It's another thing to truly embrace them and have and have people spend time in your house, spend time in their house, spend time in their community, and uh, truly, truly try to understand another person's point of view, perspective, and all that. As as black, successful men, Roy and I, we have no choice but to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, if, if I chose to just, in Phoenix, Arizona anyway, just surround myself with uh, black men and women... Unfortunately, it would be hard for me to be where I'm at today. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've all I I grew up because I grew up here in the different places that I lived in the valley. I've always uh, been around a diverse group of people. So, yeah. and like I said last last time, that's all thanks to my parents. Yeah, I I I, I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Um, you know, growing up in South Central LA, wasn't as much diversity uh, as here in Phoenix. It was particularly uh, black and brown for the most part growing up. As I said before in an earlier podcast, it was either a Baptist church or a Iglesia, you know what I mean? But me getting an opportunity to go to the University of Washington really opened up my eyes, right? Culturally, um, uh, so many Asians there. So many Asians. It's just <laughs> like a big melting pot. You know, you get around a big port, an international port with a true international market, international district, and then your your mind becomes open. You know, your horizons open up. Everything is just like, wow, okay, now I'm getting a chance to rub elbows and rub shoulders with the people that I read about in the social studies books when I was younger. And I think that is what really broadened my horizon. And then it just... It was just the, the thirst for, for knowledge and the thirst and the hunger for just to know people, to know people that were different than I, to, to understand what they went through, to understand and see how they grew up, you know. And so, and for some, I guess, they wanted to know how I, I grew up, right, in a neighborhood. Um, but for me, it was just like, wow, okay, sweet, cool. Teach me about your culture. Teach me about your food. Teach me about the things that you do that's different than me. And I've gotten the same things uh, that Tim has said before, well, Roy, you're different. And it's like, no, I, I'm, I'm not different. I'm choosing consciously to be open. I'm choosing consciously to want to do the right thing. I'm choosing consciously love over hate or over uh, discrimination or over any biases. I'm choosing to accept people for who they are. And if I don't understand it, please teach me. And if I make a comment or a gesture that may be insensitive, tell me why. Because I don't know why. Because in my community, we, you just don't know what you don't know, right? And so as Tim said earlier, ignorance is no longer an excuse now. We have every platform on every single level to be able to gain knowledge, to be able to inquire, to be able to see, to be able to grab these tidbits of uh, life from every individual walking this planet. Why not? You know, why not? Uh, there was this uh, 
an older woman, I forget her name, her name is Dr. I think it's Dr. Ellen something. I think we all have seen her. But she does this social project back in the day in her school and she says, um, <clears throat> she says, raise your hand if, uh, she says first there's only, I believe there's only one race, which is the human race, right? Meaning we're all genetically are all the exact same. Without the melanin, without the color, without the blue eyes, yada, yada, we all are physically the same. But she said, she asked her students in class, Raise your hands if you would want to trade places with a man and woman of color, particularly black men and women. And none of the students raised their hands. She says, that saddens me because that lets me know that we all understand and know that there's a difference in how men and women of color are being treated, but yet we choose not to do anything, right? And we've accepted it that it's okay for them to endure that, but as long as it doesn't inflict on my personal standards and my life then, just let it go, and that's the wrong way to go about it, right? We're all in this thing together. Our kids all share the same space. We all share the same knowledge, the same schools, the same interactions recreationally. Um, and so hopefully um, we're, we're going to start to understand that more. I think the most positive thing I've seen as far as change is the younger generation's ability to say, you know what, I don't care what my grandmother or grandfather thought about you or you or you or you guys or them. He's my friend, Brandon's my friend, Tim's my friend, Chief's my friend. I don't care what walk of life it is, we accept them. And I think that is a beautiful thing that I'm starting to see amongst the younger generation, despite the other stupidity that they like to do, you know, because <laughs> some of them are. They're kids. Right, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you guys think about, because some of the stuff, like, just me personally, like when I saw the Juneteenth thing come out, for me, I was like, I'm happy, whatever that had happened. And I think it's the right thing to do, but I'm like, that's too fucking easy. Oh yeah. I was. I'm. To me, it's like that's not. Yeah. A, How it, brave. Yeah. It's like it's <laughs> right. fucking not enough. It's like who gives a fuck that it's a day? Like it's a poor that's a day, but it's like that's all you did. Like you haven't done fucking anything else. <laughs> right. But like, like it's a consolation prize. That's what I felt like, dude. It's like it's like low lying fruit. We could fucking do this now. Satisfy the masses for a little bit. Yeah, and I mean honestly, like for me, like when they made Martin Luther King. Um, Junior's holiday here for for the state of Arizona. It's like the same fucking thing. I'm like, oh, you only had you only did that because the Super Bowl's coming, right? Like, you, like oh, you didn't every do other it. state did it first, and you're the last yeah. one holding out, and, and like you don't want to look weird. Yeah, it's <laughs> not like you did it because you're doing the right fucking thing. Like the Super Bowl wasn't going to come here unless you did that, right? So right. that's where I was like, eh, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this, but it's just kind of a weird thing. Like I don't think that was it, it's a step in the right direction, but I don't necessarily feel like it was the greatest thing or the best thing that they could, could have possibly done. It, it was just a easy political win, but I will say like not a lot of people know history, but we do know everybody knows 4th of July, what it means because you have to learn about it in school. So maybe now they'll, they'll teach, the history of Juneteenth and some other things in school like that, that could be some positive that comes out of it. But yeah, it was just a easy to way, easy way to get a political W and, and kind of quiet the masses like Roy said. So is that what the black community is kind of seeing it as too? I don't like, well, I, I'd ask Mike Robinson. I'm like, Hey, tell me your fucking yeah. like, he's like, from the South. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, yeah. Like Mike, Mike. Yeah. He, he has some good stories. So, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like, tell me June, about Juneteenth and what your perspective of it is. So, so he told me his, his side of it. I'm like, eh, I like, I don't think they did like that great of a job. Yeah, uh, you know, I saw a uh, a post from uh, 
I think some like food and wine or something like that. And they said, you know, in celebration of Juneteenth, and they had watermelon, with oh. grilled watermelon oh, with toasted sesame seeds and said, get out and enjoy the flavors of Juneteenth. And it was just like a freaking um, media <laughs> nightmare. And everybody's like, why? <laughs> like of all the things to put out there, grilled watermelon had the grill marks and they put sprinkled sesame on top of it. And a little whiteness <laughs> sprinkled in there. I, I it was it. just, uh, you know, it was, it was that. It was bad. Oh, fuck it was bad, terrible. bad. And I, <laughs> I don't know who was in charge of the media or the right. branding. But Price of black people did that. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> add, a little, add a little olive oil and grill your watermelon. Uh, <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. God. They were, uh, <laughs> Bomani Jones was talking about up next is the June tea. Mattress sales with 100% pick cotton. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, that's some other shit. I see like like bigger corporations (laughs) or businesses. I'm like, oh my God, like Uncle Ben's are like, we're going to take the black man off the front of the instant rice and that's what we're doing to make the world better. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm like, that's not, how about you fucking take. Uh, whatever one percent of your net profits and start a fucking trust for right. inner city kids. Right, that, that was so absurd <laughs> like that Saturday Night something. Live picked up on it. Oh, they, yeah, I, I, they, yeah. They, they Saturday Night Live did a skit about that, about uh, about all those companies <laughs> doing those things. Wow, yeah. I'm like to me, it's just like fucking jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, we support black people too. Right. Like fucking bullshit. Like yeah. have a little more action bias. Do something that's actually going to make a long term. Change not this fucking dude that was on, you know, the cover of fucking your <laughs> instant orange rice. Box of rice for yeah, years. I'm like this is fucking stupid. You I'm know? like, I'm, I'm like, what are, what are we doing? Right. I, you know, one of those things I hear so much about. Um, I think we all hear so much and been flooded and oversaturated with hearing about you know police reform. You know, but I think what we really should be working towards what Tim alluded to is education reform, right? What's in the books is what's going to be taught. So for years, we've been indoctrinated with the exact same thing, right? We think about um, Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving is a great holiday for us, but we don't ever really tell the side of Thanksgiving from a Native side and what that day of reckoning was, right, and carnage and pillaging, right? We, did, we celebrate Columbus Day, not knowing that Columbus didn't even discover America. He went to the Caribbean. Drunk, drunk, drunk <laughs> yeah. Spaniard. You, you know what I mean? He went to the Caribbean, landed there first, and was like, ooh, I see some natives. Let me introduce <laughs> them to steel and gunpowder. Take over, right? So we don't truly, truly know education. Sometimes I feel like we teach anti-social studies or anti-history, um, and it's unfortunate because there's so much history from so many different walks of life that compose America, um, but yet it's left out. And so if we were to and put those and implement that into the textbooks, then there would be no excuse because it's in text. Whether you choose to teach it or not, a kid can take the time to read it and see it over and over again. Therefore, it doesn't have to be passed down traditionally or orally. And we don't get the same uh, characters every February. Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Sojourner Truth, <laughs> Harriet Tubman, the big four. You know yeah. what I mean? You actually get to see some people like Carter G. Woodson, the guy who found it. Black History Month, who originally started out as a week, right, to show all the the uh, the deals that are the uh, accomplishments that men and women of color have, have introduced. Um, one of the, I won't say saddening things, but one of the most disheartening things that <coughs> I think I, that happened to me was uh, this past year during Black History Month, I was sharing with some guys um, about 
different inventions. And I told him about uh, Gary Morgan, right? The inventor of the traffic stoplight that we have currently and the inventor of quote unquote our smoke mask or smoke hood or which eventually evolved into the SCBA. And so I was telling these gentlemen this and they were like, wow, I didn't know that. I said, yeah, well, if you want to know, you want to know more, just, you know, research. There's tons and tons of uh, different inventions. And his exact word to me as I was getting ready to go up the stairs <laughs> was, no, I'm good. And I was going <laughs> to let it go. And I just stopped. And I walked back down the stairs and I said, you know what? I said, that's the problem with society. I said, instead of you just taking the time to, to further yourself, it takes two seconds for you to go. You don't even have to type it in. You can say, hey, Siri, you know. Instead, you just choose to take it at face value. I said, what if I just made that up? You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't know the difference, but you're choosing to just accept it as it is. And I said, but why? I said, that's society. We've been so bombarded with misinformation and propaganda, even amongst our own self, um, that we were just overwhelmed. And so instead of us taking the time to just do a little bit of research, once you get your mind open to it or once, you, once it's been introduced to you, we just say, oh, no. It's okay, we'll just let it be. And that's how the cycle continues to perpetuate itself. So it's unfortunate in that sense. But um, What you didn't hear when you walked up the stairs the second time, it's like, what's wrong with Roy today? <laughs> <laughs> Roy in a bad mood? <laughs> Luckily, it was at the end of the shift and I was leaving. <laughs> but, you know, it's just saddening because, you know, I consider that, that gentleman my friend, you know? Absolutely. Hunter Hart, I, I would go to war with him, I would go into a fire with him, I trust him with my life, I trust my family life, but then it always comes back to that same comment, but Roy, Tim, you're different. And it's like, no, we're, we're, we're not different <laughs> at all. We've endured some of these things that you see people on TV enduring, yet we've chosen to make different decisions in our life path, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, that's funny though. <laughs> so that, that education thing that you were talking about, I, I see education and uh, people's ability to speak up through their vote being the two greatest things that are being either suppressed and or attacked right now. Mm -hmm. um, I guess, uh, are there other things or is that, do you see it the same way? My, my main deal is the education piece too. Something I've always found weird in a way is, you know, once you get older and you choose to start learning more about your history like somebody owned these plantations right and they got great grandkids and great grandkids still or great great grandkids still around you never hear about those people and where they're at rarely do you anyway i was watching documentary called slavery by another name the other day it's about uh how they they started using the prisons as labor as soon as reconstruction was over where they were first off they they had a bunch of bullshit laws like you couldn't be walking down streets otherwise you could be arrested and that puts you in here and and numerous laws to to lock black men and women up uh but anyway, in that documentary, they had a descendant of this family that was told their whole life how how awesome her grandparents were and and how hard working and all this other stuff. Well, she finally did the research for herself, and he was one of the most brutalist uh, plantation owners around. Wow, wow! And made his money off the backs of black men and women. 
and she said she just started uh, uh, crying. Is that what it's called? No, this is a different one. But okay. when uh, <clears throat> when when she found out about it, I I think it would be pretty powerful for more of those people to to tell their their stories and and for us to hear it because it takes like. Some of those people, descendants, probably still got some fucked up views. For sure. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'd like to hear those, too. You know, and I think it's important for people that don't believe in this shit to hear people that have resources say it. Now, they're not going to, obviously, because they don't want to lose those resources. And we are at a time now that talk about the cancel culture where you can lose everything that, that that you have if you say the wrong thing, which I think some, we go too far in a lot of ways with that, especially with kids. I, I feel bad for kids growing up now. I, I did some stuff that had I been a teenager now that, <laughs> Me too. yeah, you know, like I, I would have been canceled, whatever that means. 100%. Right. So when you, when I hear about these college kids that, maybe post something crazy or or shit it, even if they go to fucking or in the past anyway blackface party or what i don't put too too much into it they're kids right like, i mean you're gonna do stupid shit yeah so hopefully uh we can affect this education piece i think for our community that's important that we do it on our own too because that's what you have to do right now uh, they're, they don't teach a ton of this stuff in school. I think exposing your kids to first to move, like the first time I saw Roots, that was pretty uh, powerful for me, and it, it, it got me to do some research of my own. Uh, it can also make you pissed off. <laughs> yeah. So you have to be in the right setting and and you may need some time away from work (laughs) whatever else (laughs) when you're getting into that stuff but uh education for me is a piece i the voting is obviously important but i think it needs to be focused more on the local level because not a ton that is done federally affects my day-to-day or anybody in this room but the local stuff really like those the voting stuff is all local laws the what they tried to do federally just got shut down uh but local voting is 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 what's important i think um piggybacking off what tim said <laughs> wanting to hear from the children or grandchildren or great grandchildren of those who are involved um during that time I think it's paramount, and so um, I was. I saw the, uh, a documentary. It's called "The uh, Uncomfortable Truth." Um, it's on Netflix. It's on uh, Amazon Prime, and I forgot who brought it to my attention. But one of the most powerful documentaries. So the synopsis is: uh, when the son of a civil rights hero, Joan Trumpeter Mulholland, dives into 400 years of Uh, institutionalized racism, he realized that it was his family who actually helped create and perpetuate the racism. So he goes back, all the way back to the South, and finds out that, guess what? His family sold men and women, and he has documents and ledgers that's saying, you know, Madam so-and-so 
her and all her future offspring were sold to this man and it just broke him and broke his heart. And so it catapulted him into this journey of, of inner uh, self growth and development. And he traveled to every single spot that his family sold men and women with his grandma and said, wow. And it was sometimes in the most podong places. And as he was doing this during this documentary, again, it's called The Uncomfortable Truth. Um, he would tell stories of different acts or heinous acts that occurred there, you know, men and women 13 years old being burned in front of families as a, as a picnic and inviting school children during recess to come out and watch a kid be burned a lot, you know what I mean? And so it, it was very vivid, very detailed, very graphic, but again, it is the uncomfortable truth. And I think we talked about this in the last podcast. Part of us living here in America is that, yes, we, we inhabit hovering over us, we know, but I don't truly, truly think America in and of itself is really ready to face the harsh reality and the truth of how gruesome of a nation we really are and how we went about our business in developing the America, right? How we pillaged, how we hurt, how we, you know, and so I've heard the argument before, well, Roy, what about black on black crime or brown on brown crime or yellow on yellow crime or white on white crime? Well, crime is crime. Yeah, it doesn't it. matter. Yeah. Crime is crime. It does not matter. But the fact of the matter is this nation, unfortunately, was, was built with a lot of blood, sweat, and tears um, on the backs of people. And we're not truly ready to face that. We kind of know it's there, but no one really wants to see a detailed description of what really happened because it would make us sick to our stomach. And so he does a good job of kind of painting that picture to show the harsh reality of what America did to get to where it's at and then what we have to do now. And so he has a foundation called the Mulholland Foundation where he goes out, he tries to educate people, he tries to bring awareness, he tries to build memorials, he tries to do everything in his power to say, you know what, my family directly helped build this infrastructure, these mental constraints, these limitations, everything that we see that are, that are still in place today, even though we're trying to get better, but he's just, he wants to break it down. And he said he was heartbroken to find out that his family participated in such heinous thing so and that's what I'm cool. saying like like that guy's going out there and he's do he's doing something he's doing like and there's so many other ways to do <clears throat> something versus have a commercial or say this or say that's like right. that's where that's where I, like I'd like to see people whether it be a business or 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 individuals with money like start something that's going to make that change because uh as we've seen this year like people just fucking talk they're just going to talk and they're going to fucking talk and they're going to do nothing. And post black squares on social yeah, media. And, and, and shit like that. So I'm like, who, I, and I mean, that's all well and good or whatever. But right. I'm like, to me, that's such a, I mean, I could fucking post anything in three Cop seconds. Out. It's like, yeah, you're not really doing anything. Like, exactly. I'm going to put this black square doesn't in cost here. you anything. No, it doesn't. And, right. and, Absolutely. and what are you really fucking doing? So like that guy kind of putting his money, you know, p putting his whatever in the fuck it is towards doing something better and, and stuff like that. Are, are there... Do you guys know of organizations or corporations that are that actually are doing anything like that to actually affect change, like like the Bill Gates Foundation or Google or, or anything like that? Is there a larger corporation out there doing something like that? Uh, unfortunately, not, because you know big business is about big money, right? And so you don't want to upset not a lot of money in that, huh? You don't want to upset the masses because <laughs> guess what? You know, uh, and I can't speak, and I don't want to generalize, but. You don't want to upset a lot of uh, investors. You don't want to upset a lot of people who are backing you. You know what I mean? Because 
you, like Tim said, you don't ever want to get too political. You kind of want to stay neutral. So what you see is those acts of, let me just post something. Let me just show awareness. Yeah. But there's nece- not necessarily any action behind it, hardcore on the ground. Now, there are boots on the ground organizations that are out there. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes they get labeled as anti this and anti that, which is completely not the case. I'm, I'm just like you, Brandon. I think Tim would agree on the chief. Be a man of action if you're going to do it. You know, they're going to continue to say what they're going to say about you regardless. Just do it. And then people will be able to say, okay, you know what? He's out there. He's, he's landed out there on the line for, for uh, the cause, you know? I, I think there are some places that have looked at their hiring practices and, and things like that. Like, access to, to a good job leads to a lot of positivity. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Because like, we'll – well, uh, those of us with kids in this room will do whatever we got to do to feed our kids, I'm assuming. So if, if I didn't have means to do do that effectively in a legal manner, and I'm not a criminal, but I would be if I had. <laughs> There's you know a fine I mean? line. We're all walking a fine line. Yeah. Uh, I consider being a dancer. <laughs> I, I might have done some criminal things in my life, but I'm not a criminal. Yeah. So, so that in itself, like focusing or or reaching out into the community to to hire people that may not look like you or came from a different environment than you. That is an actionable thing that I think benefits, you know, the Phoenix Fire Department hired my my dad, right? And that has, it's it's going to affect Generations. hundreds and hundreds of yeah. people, you know. It's, it's, it's got me, it's got my kids, cousins. It's, it's impacted a tremendous amount of people. And... And at the at, at the time, the fire department didn't ha- percentage wise didn't have as many blacks as it does now, and that's even increased. Uh, we do a better job than most uh, most fire departments, the city of Phoenix, uh, in looking in different communities for individuals to join this profession. Uh, there's things that we need to improve upon, in my opinion. Like, but um, you could say it nicely. <laughs> let's see. Come back to me with okay. that. I gotta uh, yeah. think about how I'm gonna answer that question. <laughs> but uh, uh, where we're at is good. But and me and my dad have talked about this many a times. Just because we're the best doesn't mean. And we are, for the most part, the best of the big departments in doing that. Doesn't mean we should settle with where we're at now. So we always got to continue uh, pushing, fighting to, for for equality at the end of the day. Throughout this struggle from slavery to today, it's always been said by, even by black people a lot of times, uh, Martin Luther King was one of the most hated men in America when he died, by all races. Uh, that they have enough or why are you continuing to fight? Well, when we look back 20 years from now, we'll understand then why we continued to fight. Just like we look back 20, 30, 40, 50 years in the past and we understand now why they were doing what they were doing. Uh, And we're grateful for it, you know what I mean? 
Uh, but yeah, get back to me. Okay, on that I've seen. Give me a second. Uh, I'm not a big social media guy. I, I think I'm mostly because of the, of the business and stuff like that. Like I have Facebook, but I fucking it's not on my phone. I don't check it stuff like that. But I have noticed. Um, uh, J.W. Robinson doing a better job at not a better job, but but they've been profiling their members. More. It's a concerted effort. Yeah, to do stuff like like who like who, whose decision was that? How did you guys kind of approach that? Like you know what, what 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 was the reasoning behind it? All that shit. So I was the vice president for a while, uh, and I'm I got about fourteen years on the job, just shy of. And I'm on social media, but I wouldn't call myself a social media guy. Yeah. And we just had a leadership change. And uh, those guys that are leading the organization now, Jarrell Turner, Anthony Harrison, DeSell Dean, and uh, Liddell Button III, they decided that's what they wanted to do. Uh, and I think it's it, it looks good from what I can yeah, see so yeah. far. Uh, the big thing is... For kids, and and obviously we're not looking at kids when we're talking about social media, but even younger adults in their early 20s need to see uh, that, that maybe don't have any direction or don't know what they want to do. If you don't see it, a lot of people don't have the uh, inner ability to create something that they've never seen. Uh, so when they see, hey, oh, there is numerous black firefighters in Phoenix anyway, uh, they think they can do it. Uh, some of our other cities don't have as many as, as we do uh, percentage-wise or obviously numbers-wise because we're the biggest department in Arizona. Um, so hopefully they can improve upon that. I've... My philosophy is kind of to focus on on home, and home is Phoenix for me. So, so that's the the area that I try to impact because uh, we need to get our stuff all the way together here before we can go help others. In regards to the question you asked me earlier, um, and this answer is because a, a lot of our issues affect everybody. You know, like whether we're talking about promotional processes or coming on to the job. Uh, and I think I may have talked about this last time, but the the black people that come to the fire department, for the most part, are extremely squared away guys. Like most of us are educated. Uh, most of us are athletes. And most of us know how to get along with all different kinds of people because that's almost it's a prerequisite to be here uh, for everybody, but especially for us. Because like I said earlier, you can't there's nowhere where you're going to go really on the Phoenix Fire Department to where you're just going to be surrounded with people that look like Tim. Yeah. Uh, so if we really and truly, if we fix those things, uh and make them equitable and just best man wins, everything will be all good until we, and in a lot of ways, and this is a struggle as a, as a black man, whether in the country or on the department, like I love, I love being in America. I wouldn't want to be nowhere else. Mm -hmm. 
I love the Phoenix Fire Department. I wouldn't want to be nowhere else. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these systems, processes, and all that weren't made for us to be here. How so? so? How so? Well, when it came about, we couldn't be. My grandfather couldn't have been a Phoenix firefighter. Like, it was an impossibility. And I work with guys who, I just worked with a guy the other day who told me his grandfather was a firefighter. And he's, this dude's 50 years old. So this was yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it it was, it was easier for him to get here than it was for my dad to get here. You know gotcha. what I mean? Yep, for sure. Uh, well, we had talked last time about some of the things that, that, that they would do to keep black guys out. Yeah. So saying that we we weren't necessarily meant for this at the founding of it. Right. Uh, so meaning they didn't meaning hey let's hire a bunch of black guys to help be not help but but be firemen. They're they're predominantly looking for white males. Let me get you a direct the culture that was founded when the Phoenix Fire Department was established, wasn't meant for us whatsoever. Gotcha. Now, things have changed a little bit, but the foundations of the culture wasn't meant for Across us. Across many, many things, yes. right? But yep. just to be yep. talk about home, yep. we'll talk about the fire department. Totally get it. So there's a, do you blow this up to create a new culture? Well, I said I love the fire, the Phoenix Fire Department, so I don't want to see it blown up, right? But I want to make sure that it's uh, an inclusive environment. It's equitable for every every different walk of life or whatever. Uh, so you're walking a line of like, you know, I'm a I'm a trustee with the union. I'm a I'm a participating member of this fire department. But there are things that we need to change. I choose to use the system to try to change things. But you're always walking a line of maybe it would be fixed if we blew blew the blew thing up. up and rebuilt it. And it's really hard to blow pieces up. Yeah. Right. There there's there's uh, there's collateral damage across if if that if people take that path or the organization Absolutely. takes that path. Yes. And I'm a I'm a chain of command guy. Whatever I got to say to you, I'm going to say to you before I if necessary pass it up or whatever i'm not a i'm not the guy that's going to be calling uh what is the The rat yeah i i don't (laughs) i don't know where some of these guys grew up to where that's like okay but But i actually know that that thing has a place it does and yes it, it absolutely does uh but i think you do both like, I'm right. going to try to use the system, yep. and if you right. choose not to address my issue, then – and I'll tell you, I'm going to call this line. <laughs> and, uh, Get ready. Yeah. And, and you're going to have an issue. Yeah. I'm going to leave right. my name. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what you should do. Yep. Like, it, it does – like, in our job – from what we hear, like it is career suicide to do certain things. Uh, but if you want to create change, you got to be willing to risk stuff. A lot of us are going to have people that are related to us or whatever after here. And you shouldn't 
just be accepting accepting the status quo. Because if LT, my son, Timothy the Third, chooses to come here, if I didn't make this place better, then shame on me. Because I I made I made it worse for my son. And if it's right. not getting if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. So. I, I usually call I that rat line, that. and then I just leave Stewart's name. <laughs> I'm saying that I'm fucking this Chris kid. Stewart. Yeah, um, it's me, Randy. <laughs> do that. Um, I call me ignorant. Call me whatever. But like, do you think? And 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 please tell me your opinion of it. Like the the promotional process, the test for engineer, for captain. Like those aren't like uh, that's not a level playing field. I think no, they're not a level playing field. Uh, well, let's talk about captains and then engineers is a little shakier of a conversation. But okay. uh, there's when I was going through the process, people were privy. Now, my dad was the chief of personnel through. Was it both of my just just one of my tests, I, I believe. And you got those of you listening you and you guys in the room don't have to believe this, but from getting hired to all my time on the job, my dad doesn't tell me shit. Oh, I, I, like, I believe that. I know it is fact. He, uh, I know it is fact. I know what your dad's integrity he, uh, he believes <laughs> to in make the, He believes he raised me to, to be the best, so I should go out and perform, and whatever happens, happens. Well, when I'm when I'm participating or practicing my captain stuff and and hearing people say they got the exact buildings to their tactical and now I'm like I said, my dad is the personnel chief, so I know the leak ain't coming from him because right. if he gonna tell somebody, he gonna tell me. Right. <laughs> I would hope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he ain't telling uh, you. Yeah. I, I think your old man probably wants to make it as hard on you as possible. He's not telling anybody. And then, yeah. and then you got like information isn't always shared equitably in regards to like what we want to hear. It, and you always said it like when we're talking about tactics, like we we should test how we want people to perform, right? But then we don't tell people how they. There's no feedback. Yeah, like, uh, and then you you always hear the stories or whatever. I remember being on the truck for my first test, and they said, "Tim, you're competing against what they say five guys. This is James Craig and Rich Horn because they're only gonna make a certain amount of brothers or whatever." Gotcha. They say. And I don't I don't play into that. I I'm a I'm going to control what I can control, work hard, and do what I do, and whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think – I don't think the process is fair for anybody, let alone whether we're talking about black, white, Hispanic, whatever. So I just think. in general, you're saying that it's not equal. Yeah. Okay. And, not, not Yeah, I was misled. Like I was thinking you are saying it wasn't equal for – Whatever African Americans or Filipinos or fucking Mexican guys, everybody. Okay, yeah. And it if is we, a, it is a goofy, I agree unequitable with that for sure process overall. Yeah, and that's where the blow it up conversation or yeah. fix it with the system right. comes from. But when you talk to those people from other departments that have used other men that blew up their shit, 
their stuff still ain't equitable. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. so it just so, fucked up in another way. It's, right. it's uh Yeah, talk to the Houston Fire Department yeah. about how how the changes that they made and how and how horrible it was before, but they don't feel much better about it today. San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it's I've always a tough deal. It's always been fucking weird to me. It's like, why can't you just fucking not say anything to anybody, not not let anything out there, like just wherever the cards fall, they fall. Why does it have to be a test? Uh, and, and here's my point: is why does it? Why doesn't it? Can it be an educational process? And you build competence across the entire group. Make sure that they have that competence. I mean, ultimately, there's a there's yeah, like, tests yeah, involved. You got to perform, test, right? Yeah, right? But does it have to be the, in this manner in which we do it and act as if this stuff is secret? You know, the, what we're going to ask you is a secret. No. It should be the stuff we've been training yeah. you on since you walked in the building. Well, my personal opinion of it is, like it. if it if it's not that way, then they can't control it, and they can't move the pawns around to where control who is the, the where yeah yeah like I get you know, it. like and and that's where when it's one of the biggest things that I've noticed across the fire services, they hoard knowledge because there's power there. Oh so, yeah, you know. So they're ho- so they'll hoard that knowledge, and not necessarily give it out to the masses, but they'll give it out to maybe Tim, or they give it out to Roy, or they give it out to Brandon, or they give it out to Chris. But they're not going to give it to so and so, or so and so, or so and so, because they don't like that person, or they came from that camp, or they come from this thing. So I I can fully get on board with what you're saying with that. I was uh I was at EMS talking to somebody about the medic process because they give you the questions for those now. And they said, you still have good ones and you still have bad For ones. For sure. Because some people aren't going to prepare. Mm-hmm. Some people just are incapable of communicating in an environment like that. And you you still are going to get good and bad. You'll still be yeah. able to have a, a, uh, a test. And, and that's because we choose to tell some people information and not others, I think that's kind of where we got to go. You just got to choose to give out the information and then to everybody. let everybody I, perform. I agree. I um I kind of agree with uh what what a chief is saying in the sense of this whole encompassing deal, right? Like I'm an epitome of a teammate, right? And so in a team just, setting, just ask you. you know what I mean? We share knowledge. There is no there is no secrets on the field. If I'm playing with Tim and Tim is my backer, hey Tim. I see this from my angle. Hey, it's shared knowledge. We don't go into a game or any contest without having a shared knowledge together because we're going to self-destruct. But yet, it's unfortunate because here, I feel like sometimes in the fire department, you get that. Well, you this see sharing, it. And you yeah. see it. You're you like, well, We've so created so, that competitive which environment. Is, right, which is the total opposite of what we need in order to perform. And as I've always said, and I've been a, uh, an advocate for it, Last time I checked, we got the same name on the back of our shirts. It says the Phoenix Fire Department. We are one team. So if you're not going to try to build up your brother to get him as prepared as possible, then you're doing yourself a disservice because now if we work with him, you know that he may not be as competent as you, but yet you're holding and harboring information. That only hurts you. That only hurts your crew. That only hurts the organization as a whole. And so, I again, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to when it's my time to, uh, to try to work my way up through the department, through the ranks. Um, I had a little bit taste of it during the uh, the last engineers process, um, and it was unfortunate, you know, asking senior engineers for not necessarily help, but advice on how to break down 
the bibliography and do different things. And the rhetoric was, we'll just read the bibliography. And I'm like, well, of course I'm going to read the bibliography. Yeah. That's what I have. But I'm asking for any tips. We'll just read the bibliography. And then I said, well, you know. I don't think they had anything to offer you. I said, well, you know you're not <laughs> going to get demoted by helping me achieve yeah. the, the position of an engineer. So it's unfortunate, like Tim said, um, and there's no place for it, at least in my realm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I we shouldn't be harboring information from one another in that, in that capacity. Well, I've said it all the time. I don't give a shit. You, you give 100 dudes the same exact fucking information and you put them in a room and, and you let all those dudes look at that information for three hours, come out and test them. There's going to be, you know, 5% that fucking crushes it. Another 5% that does really, really well. And then it, mm-hmm. and some it guys, does not change the overall no. outcome of percentage. You, you can give guys, some guys the same exact information and they're going to go in there and royally fuck it up just because that's who they are. And just they just can't perform under pressure, and that's just kind of how it is. And the the competition thing is good, but it should be we're competing as teammates. So when we're in practice, we're competing, right? Yeah, that's sure. We're we're whether hitting against each other or whatever the case may be. Uh, All information is shared, just like you said, and then you just go perform, and whatever happens, happens. But I want. You know, when I was studying with guys, that's my competition I'm studying with, but we're here to make each other better. And I'm not not sharing information that I might may get with with uh Chief cause cause I wanna do better than him. It's we we gonna have the same information, we're gonna go compete and whatever. They're the best man we're yeah. Right. Yeah, right. I either think give give everybody everything or give everybody nothing. Yeah. There you go. And yeah, do, I can. Yeah, uh, well, giving uh, giving everybody no nothing though doesn't build a you know <laughs> no, doesn't I agree create with you. what we're looking <laughs> no, for. Yeah, I agree, give everybody but, everything. Yeah, right. Yeah, but at least it's fair that way. And, ha- and have a very fun. very clear process. There should be a roadmap, and there actually is. We had one at one point inside our organization, a, a roadmap <laughs> of education, training, um, and uh, and. Uh, of each one of the roles and responsibilities. So if somebody was interested, they even the day they, they left the academy, they could literally start planning and walking down that path to get there. And and there was a an educational system, although it wasn't great, it was there that supported that. And we don't have that now. We're really we're trying really hard to bring that back, especially with the community colleges now being able to do uh, more uh, four-year degrees in a more vocational sense, like fire service, law enforcement, nursing, those types of mm-hmm. things, that we should have a really, really strong educational system that would, uh, hopefully, it would improve some of the things that, that you guys are talking about. And, and we turn good employees bad a lot of times. Some of, a, a lot of it is on them, like, why are you looking at you me can't, when you say that? You can't let the process affect who you are yeah. and the yeah. job that you do. Was, you know what I mean? Yeah, guys like, get I pissed believe off. in that. But, oh, yeah. But yeah. As, as a department, we need to be making sure that at all times we promote the best people uh, and that we take care of our members. Because when you have a guy that, you know, say I came on with, that I know – is a good dude. I've seen this guy, his work, and then you don't see him for two years and they become bitter over captain's process yep. or whatever. You you made a bad employee. And as the as the superiors of those people, that's on you. Now, 
like I said, as an individual, to me, you can't let stuff control you like that. My dad told me way back, he's, he said, his mentor coming on the job left the job bitter. And he said he would never do that. Now, and it's and easy it, if you've be been on it. this job yeah, yeah. 10 years, you've been quote unquote fucked in some fashion, in my opinion. Now, I don't mean literally you got fucked because uh, I don't think the job does that to you. No. We, we, it we got it pretty good. It's your impression of yeah. a situation. Yeah, yeah right. totally. But the job, owes so, you nothing. so, so saying that, my dad is maintained the pot he's the most positive person i've ever met on this job in regards to he ain't never said a bad word about this place and that's because he was loading fucking trucks <laughs> getting laid off every other month before he got here so he truly has an appreciation for what this job did for his family uh but as as the leaders in the organization we got to make sure we keep positive people positive I like that. And I think also, too, um, what you guys both said, the, 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 the feedback. I think the feedback is so paramount when guys feel like they came up short. Feedback, right? You mess up in the game. Tim, this is what you got. This is what you saw. Oh, what did you see? Okay, well, here's what, what happened. Feedback. When you leave guys with this open-ended ellipses, dot, 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 and they're just like, well, where do I go now? I don't know what I did wrong. I don't know how to correct it. I don't know how to get better. Then that turns into sour. Then it leads to bitter. It leads to anger. It leads to disgruntled. Well, guys because there's a lack of trust then, right? It's right. like, oh, what are you hiding that you can't tell me? Like, eh, right. Because you and I kind of talked about that Absolutely. Through, through, you yeah. know, through some stuff. It's like, like, why can't you tell me why I fucked up? I'm a grown-ass man. Like, they won't it. let you look at your score sheet. I can handle which it, too. Is, yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's parts that, that Tim just said. Uh, the rules are built that way. I don't know why, and I don't understand them. Like don't city agree HR with them. Or? Yeah, there's city HR rules, and and it, it regardless of the, of a promotional process across the departments, it's not just a fire department thing. It's a city right. process thing, and I don't know it and don't understand it. Um, but having because it's been, stupid or because. Uh, because I don't know that anybody actually has a real answer for it, and they're not, <laughs> so and they're not willing to actually engage in the conversation necessarily. Yeah. Um, but then the other part is, is I've been a part of the feedback, and uh, it takes courage, it takes legitimate understanding of what the situation is, and there is no rule against feedback. We 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 act like there is, and we act like it creates some some uh, disparate situation. It doesn't. If you can. If you can honestly and objectively and clearly um, and and uh, respectfully give feedback, um, uh, I've seen it not make people upset when when they probably had they not gotten it, they probably uh, very easily could have had that that anger, that bitterness towards them. So um, it's a that's a leadership issue in my in my estimation. Because you could formalize it, like, hey, fucking here's you like, like after the test is over, you have whatever period to view the feedback that they fill out afterwards, and you know it doesn't have to be a a a, a word for word thing, but maybe there's five things they list, you know, tactics right. are you know not strong or right. stumble across this or whatever, just five things to know, like, hey, needs to work on his fucking presentation skills or right. yeah, yeah, something something like that, and I think that would help guys for the next one. Because I know this past test, it's kind of a weird one that's been delayed and this, that, and the other, and yada, yada, yada. But um, 
some guys are just out there in limbo, one, not knowing what they really need to walk in there and perform, and then afterwards, what the fuck did I do wrong? Right. It'll give some closure for sure. Well, it sucks because because they don't know what to do going in, and then when they go in and perform and they don't do well, they don't even know how to fucking fix it. Right. So they're fucked on both sides of it. Like, we don't know what you want, and I don't know what the fuck to fix. Yeah. And then when you give the feedback up the chain after the process, some some people... Because I know they put a lot of time into it, I'm sure they take it as an attack. Yeah. At, at, on them, you know what I'm saying? Are you like, questioning me, Tim? Yeah, like, <laughs> and I'm always one for I'll send you home. <laughs> uh, I'm always one for you should want to get better, right? So, if I got a problem with something, I'm gonna say it. I try to be respectful at all times, yeah. but. You know, I've had some people get upset that I have a difference of opinion in in the whether it's the captain's process or whatever it may be. And most of my thing is the lack of communication, specifically tactics, because I think the oral thing is is tough to hard. sift through. Yeah. On on what's good and what's bad, it's 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 obviously very objective, but or subjective, but uh, when it comes to tactics, it's, it should be, for the most part, fairly black and white. Yeah. So and we should be teaching what we want people to do when they're on an actual fire truck. And if we do that, then we're going to get better results in the field, and then you'll get better results. on. Uh, the goal should be for every motherfucker that comes through to get 100% on tactics. Right? For sure. You're that would mean we got some competent motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. You're right. talking crazy. <laughs> but, yeah. I, so, so here's something that I, that, that I wanted to talk to you guys about and I forgot about, but it just came back up into my head. So... During during the captain's process, I didn't ha- we didn't help as many people as we did last time. It just it was crazy last time, and but but there were some people that I helped, and, and then there's some people that reached out to me for help. Some of them being J- one of them being a JW guy, and <clears throat> I didn't know how to approach this with him um, because I got t- he he came to me late. He got to me late. It was probably three or four weeks until he he was ready for his oral stuff. Well, he was working with us. A specific member from JW, which nothing against the guy. I got nothing bad to say about him. But in my mind, I knew I could have helped him more. And I didn't know how to fucking say, hey, dude, go outside your comfort zone. You don't have to just talk to the JW guys about how to approach something. Right. Like, come sit with me, dude. Like I, like, I fucking, like, I think you could do a lot better. I don't think you're getting the direction that you need from where you're getting it from. But obviously, he wasn't comfortable going outside of his community right. to do that stuff. And 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 for me, I didn't feel comfortable. Like I didn't. I just didn't know how to fucking approach it. I offered everything that I could. He said he wanted the help. He told me the kind of the direction he was going down. I'm like, oh, dude, I don't fucking. That's not the the direction going down. And the next day after his, well, that day of his interview, he called me. He's like, B, I fucking bombed it. And I was like. And and I feel and I feel horrible because I I didn't know how to get to him I didn't know how to like approach that conversation like I mean I don't know how do you do that for for someone that doesn't necessarily trust going outside of that their community to 
to get that help. I don't necessarily know how you personally need to deliver that message, yeah. but what I would say is, and because I off, I didn't want to at, at the anybody. beginning of the process. I I was trying to put something big together, and it just kind of fell through because of COVID and what I got going in my life. I dropped the ball for those guys on that, uh, so no excuses for me personally, but. I just want people to be successful. So, in my opinion, and what, it, and I'll give a real world example. Joe Huggins, last process, he called me. He said, uh, "Tim, I know you got uh, a All program going on, uh, but I'm gonna work with such and such and such because that's where I feel comfortable. Whatever." And me and Joe came on together, got a good relationship. I don't take fucking offense to that. I don't care. If Joe is successful, in which he was, good. Was it another black guy or, or like way outside of J-Dub? I don't, I don't even remember who okay. he ended up uh, working with. Because it doesn't matter. I don't give a fuck. Right. If <laughs> I want you to be successful. Right. So if that's working with Tim Gamage, great. If it's Chris Stewart, Roy Lewis, Brandon Mion, whoever it is, good. Uh but I will tell you there are people uh, in our organization who, like, if, if, if they offered to help me and then I told them, no, I'm working with such and such, that they would get offended by that. Yes, there are. And, yeah. Which I don't get. You know what yeah, I mean? I so Ego thing. I would have just. Insecurity. It, yeah. It is tough for you to have that conversation. Because I that knew person, he was going down the wrong fucking path. I'm like, God damn it. Like, how do I. Be, Corral him. Well, because he's a good dude, and I think he'd be a good captain and all that kind of shit. I'm like, damn, I'm, I'm like, you're getting led down the wrong but path. But there was, there's, him and whatever other number of people were probably in the same situation, uh, regardless of who's helping them. For whatever reason, it's not connecting. Yeah. And they're not, they're either not hearing and interpreting right, or the information that's being presented to them may be, you know, a few degrees off. Um, and, that's why there has to be a, a, a central uh, objective uh, repository and, and delivery system of the education. And there's, there, there's other things that are going to happen in between, and that happens between people because they connect well. But if there isn't an educational system, it ain't going to be fair, or it's not even going to approach being fair. A, a lot of guys are afraid to fail, even in practice. Yes. And that impacts... Their ability to practice. They choose not to practice. For sure. You know that's I mean? when you should fucking fail yeah. is like in practice. And over and over and over. For. And yeah. I've <laughs> always been, especially with this job shit, I'll just fucking do it if I suck here. I'm not getting a job today, <laughs> right. Right? Yeah, right? That's what I tell people. Tim Gamage isn't going to hire you at this table. Right. This is to get you better. Because you'll get a lot of guys, whether it's through the hiring process or promotional, oh, I'm not ready, I need a... Uh, no, we're going to do it because you're, you're probably going to fuck up, which is okay. Because you need to know what it feels like to fuck up and then recover mm -hmm. or you'll be going smooth, fuck up, recover, and what it feels like to knock it out the park. Yeah. So, That's so the you process. Get your, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, fear of failure is big from, from people. Whether what like I I don't get being fear of fucking up in practice. Gotcha. I'm not I'm not gonna judge you yeah. ultimately on one 
mock interview or mock tactical. And I'm not going to go talk shit about you to whoever else. Uh, maybe, maybe you can't expect that from everybody on the department, and that's what leads to it, but I don't know. I just think, you know, part of being professional, right, we're professional firefighters, is seeking out things. You know, I'm a big advocate in self-development and figuring things out, you know what I mean? I think it's funny because I remember one of the best things that ever happened to me is when I was riding, when I, before I got hired, I was at 59, and I had this interview down, and I presented it, and Mr. Craig looked at me and said, that's all fine and dandy, son, but what the hell does that have to do with the Phoenix Fire Department? <laughs> and I literally stayed up the entire night while they ran calls in the gym, writing, rewriting my entire interview because he said it, you know, and it was, it was a moment for me like, right on, he's right. What is this? I was looking for this grandiose kind of idea, and he's like, "What does that have to do with anything, Roy?" And it, it just it hit me right in the face, and I'm like, "I'm gonna do it now. I'm not going home. I'm gonna sit here in this in this weight room, and I'm gonna write other things." And so, going back to not being afraid to fail, not being afraid to put yourself out there in a vulnerable situation, not being able—I mean, being comfortable with growth—you know what I mean? Um, that's what we—that's what we should long for, right? Um, and we see it in every single process, and I'm pretty sure you guys have seen it more at your level, you know what I mean? And in my short time, I've, I've even seen it with some guys who are attempting to try to get higher now, you know, guys not wanting to participate in, in different things. But uh, that's unfortunate um, for that gentleman. I hope that he learned from that. And even, I talked to him afterwards. Like I'm like, I'm like you just got to get to me sooner, man. Right. I'm like, you, you didn't do it, and... And and I don't like I didn't I, I guess I was so fucking worried about offending the other dude by going hey man that guy's not the guy that you need right now like this is what right. you need I but right. I just fucking left it alone because I was afraid that that gentleman might might take that as a sign of disrespect but yeah it, and it, I was like you know <clears throat> or like hey fuck that like like I almost got the feeling like they didn't want him to go outside his community because like, they don't want to give someone else credit for i don't know you know, like i'm not saying that, that but but it, it, it like i don't know the reasons why but it felt like hey dude like fuck b like i like i really want to do it uh but i gotta go over there and do this it's like almost like he was obligated to work with that individual because that yeah. that's the community and that's where they came from and that's where they grew up together and that kind of shit where i'm like man like so but I, like i wasn't gonna touch it because that's his because cause at the end of the day, I'm like, it's his decision to, yeah. to have that commercial right. statute. Hey, man, I'm not getting what I need from you. I need to maybe do this. So yeah. I was like, fuck it. That's I'll it. leave it alone. Yeah, I don't think your conversation would have been worse, the relational impact. And that's what I decided to, yeah. Because I'm like, ah, fuck me, honey, this, he's that. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm just trying to help you. Man. Yeah, I I can, and that's it's a, unfortunate we, people think like that, you know. Um, you know, it, it's sad. And it's sad that it had to put you in that position, you know what I mean, yeah. to, to even even have that going through your mind, you know what I mean? It shouldn't be like, it should be seamless. It should be, hey, we're all in this thing together. But again, that's just me. Um, it just felt like a barrier that I couldn't get through, and I'm like, right. not touching it, man. Right. Just right. fucking, at, at like the end of the day. So that's what I was asking you guys. I'm like, but it sounds like just fucking, hey, man, it, he's on his own at that point. Yeah. If fucking he... he Decides that he needs that help, then he'll do it. If not, then it's on him. Yeah. 
And had he started working earlier, he could have been working with probably both individuals for a little bit, yep, and then right. you figure it out. Yeah, you but make your own decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from mm-hmm. there. So yeah. tough one. Tough one. Like I said, I shouldn't. It was a weird, weird situation that I never have kind of come across. You know, yeah. like that. Like, ah, fuck, am I gonna offend them or whatever else? But yeah, uh, you, you, you're gonna say something about the the uh, engineers process? Oh, uh, I think we kind of touched on it. Like the. And it, it's it's a city deal, like you said. Like when you can't look at your score sheet, that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't lead to a lot of trust. Especially when I'm, oh, sh- sorry, uh, when I've uh, you know, I've been seeing a guy work effectively doing the job, and I know the type of individual that I'm dealing with, and I hear, you know, that that he performed. But then you come back on the bottom, it, it just and, – and all you want to see is, okay, where did I mess up? Yeah. Where's Where did I miss the point here, the point there? And you can't look at it. It's, it's just not – it looks a little goofy. Well, because across the board, whether you're black, white, Filipino, Chinese, Japanese, or whatever, if you fuck up and, and no one gives you that feedback or you don't know and you think – because a lot of guys think – like, oh, man, I fucking crushed that. But in reality, they may not have fucking crushed Transparency it. is not a racial issue. Yeah. So, <laughs> Transparency well, is trust, and that's human beings, and that's pretty easy. I just think if you're that way that the the statements of I got fucked because I'm black, or I got fucked because I'm Mexican, or I got fucked because I'm whatever, that all goes out the fucking door. Out the window. Because it's black yeah. it's black and white, right? Like, like, this is where you fucked up, and this is why you fucked up, and that's why you got graded that way. Or... You, this is this is where you fucking smashed it. You re, you, you excelled in that. And okay, cool. So, yeah, our racial issues on the department when it comes to promotions and hirings will be fixed if it's just equitable in regards to information and processes and transparency. Yeah, transparency. Yes. Yeah, I like transparency. Uh, yeah, we can fix those fairly easily. I, you know what I mean? But I would agree to that too because then there's. There's no mystery behind anything. Right. There's no I, fucking magic I, pixie dust anywhere. I would hope to see with the age of, I mean, we have a drone team. We have ladders. Why can't we video record the engineer's process? Why can't you? You can see every single angle. There's no discrepancy. Here's yeah. a cone, just like you videotape we audi- practice. Yeah, we audio record interviews. Right. Tight line copy, sideline copy. You can set it up if you want to have a guy in it. Uh, in a cart trailing, so there, therefore, there is complete transparency. You hit this amount of cones. You did this. Oh, you repositioned during your zigzag. You did this. You did that. It's right here. It's physically yeah. right here. There it's is the no GoPro. arguing. There is no ambiguity. It is what it is, right? Captain's process. Okay, I understand. That might be a little different, but when you're talking about physically performing, an engineer, we physically perform. We must know the rules kind of the road. Of, kind we of. must. Well. <laughs> Kind of. I think the title's a little misleading. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I mean, you got to know you got to know what to do, right? And Should you got to be able to... <laughs> don't you discredit us. <laughs> I, I was an engineer, too. I know, right? <laughs> um, but that's, that's just for me personally. So therefore, then you, again, like Chief said, you get a lot more transparency. You know, there is no, well, because sometimes the rhetoric and the performance or the score doesn't seem to match up and you're just like, yeah, is it plausible? Yeah, but highly unlikely and inconsistent when an individual who's put in this much time and effort to be successful in the written process, 
and the performance process, but then the results don't yield that, right? Yeah. So you got a guy's performing at a top tier level, and yet the results show otherwise. It's just like Tim said, it just seems a little bit goofy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, maybe we can work to that, maybe not. And if not, you know what? It is what it is. We get over it or we, we move forward. But again, transparency, being equitable, being fair, you know, just having information shared across the board, I think, um, would be good for sure. It would definitely be good and it would definitely um, take away a lot of that, uh, I don't know, what do you call the word, bitterness for people feeling like they've gotten shafted, you know what I mean? Yeah. And no one should feel like that in that, in that capacity. So what in our, what in our um, you know, locus of control or, or things that we can impact right now, what can we do moving forward to improve what you're talking about. We don't, we, the four of us don't control the system. The four of us don't, uh, we can influence the system through our participation and, 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 you know, where we're engaging, but we're not going, we're not in charge of the system. So what, what things maybe that we're not even doing now, can we do differently? Because we see the problem evolving in front of us. We should be evolving with the problems. The, the way our system is now, uh, it's geared towards, I think, we don't have formal mentoring, but we have a lot of mentoring. Yes. Right? So I think you have to be a little bit more, or we have to be a little bit more intentional about mentoring individuals that maybe didn't work at our station or that you didn't develop a relationship with. You, you encounter all types of people on the job, whether it's through training calls and whatever, and you may need to reach out to people that you may not have reached out to before. You know, I, I think because our job is so relational, a lot of uh, people get left behind because they may not have a relationship with, maybe they didn't, just to give an example, we'll say Chief Christ, right? Maybe I didn't work at 30 or 31 or 60 on A shift. Those that did have that relationship with them and, and he has a relationship to where he'll reach out to them and talk to them and whatever else. Uh, I think you have to be intentional about going outside of your comfort zone with people that both both the mentees and the mentors. That to me, even in your personal life, like if I've never had <laughs> multiple white people or Hispanics at my house, I need to or whoever else, I need to look at look at my circle and why is that? You know what I mean? Like, because that's people that I'm not exposing my kids to, which is important. Mm -hmm. it, and I mean at my house, not just. Not Panda Express. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not just going to get a beer with them. Yeah, not yeah, just yeah. where you truly have a relationship that, that where you can call each other brothers. You know what yeah, I'm saying? For sure. Uh, mm -hmm. And vice versa. We all need to actively be pursuing relationships with individuals that may not have came from the same place that we came from and and uh and that are just different overall i've always i've never wanted to be part of a of of a group that was 
black, Mexican, Asian ever because I never <sighs> my background is such that I have so much in my family that that, that that's who I developed to be. And I, I never wanted to identify myself as like, hey, I'm with these guys or I'm with those guys. Like I want to be with fucking everybody. And like I don't want right. to want to just help these this group or that group or 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 whatever. Like I like I, I want to be able to to offer whatever I can to Roy, to Chris, to whoever to make the department better. Mm-hmm. So like at times I wonder if if like those organizations are are important to have they're good to have, but but I wonder <clears throat> if that kind of stifles that type of, of stuff. And not, I, I'm not saying like at its core that it's stifling it, but maybe the the membership in those groups is is hindering the ability for that to happen. So you have to go back to basically when I, I'll just speak on our group, United yeah. Black Firefighters, J.W. Robinson. It was founded because a lot of blacks were not making it to retirement and now we make it to retirement so i i think that it serves a valuable and important purpose in our organization uh the good thing about our affinity groups is we do a lot of shit together that's good uh and and another good thing is that we got a lot of support from the local so our our groups are integrated fully into the department. I think most of our members of our group and the other groups believe in uh, inclusiveness and all all that good stuff. Uh, but I I think you need groups because we have a unique perspective of the community. Uh, as well as our members on the department, you need somewhere you can go where somebody understands what it feels like to be the only one at the station with yep. your perspective. You I it. it's it's a little weird when you've never watched fishing on TV and <laughs> <fucking> or hunting <laughs> listen or to country music. Practice hunting. I saw a guy hiding in a tree. Yeah. Getting ready to pounce on a bear. I didn't even know it was possible. You, you don't have a lot of you know, lot in common with kids. those guys, right? You gotta. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> can we fucking change the hunting channel? Like I can give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Does oh, it have to be yeah. on all day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and I guess like, are there active conversations? Like, hey, if you need help, go talk to so and so from uh, this group, or like, if you need help, like this guy's really good. He's better than me at this. Like, go talk to him. Like, like, is there that type of? Well, Absolutely, because how I got introduced to uh, Tim was I knocked on the door, as my story, as I told you guys before, I meet some guys, I meet Billy, he sends me to Keith Rogers, Captain Keith Rogers, at the time he was uh, acting out of 25, I meet Freo there, and Freo says, hey, you should call Timmy Jr., and he gives me his number, and that's how I got connected, so. What about the other way, though? I, I, I would assume that that door swings both ways, like right. there's times I'll meet guys and say, hey man, you know what, hey, if you would... You're a veteran? Cool, man. You're, you're, we have an organization called FireVet. Why don't you go yeah. contact these guys over here and Sean Hicks and yada, yada, yada and get guys. So it should be seamless. The door should swing both ways. We're here to f- help potential members, our members, find a place that they can feel comfortable with, they can relate to. Um, but ultimately, we still have one common goal, which is to perform for the Phoenix Fire Department. Yeah. 
We, be a we've black... helped we've helped people of all races and genders okay. get yep. on the job. That, yeah. I think that's uh, what you're getting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. what I'm used to because yeah. I'm because I'm not a part of any of those groups. Yeah. I don't yeah. fucking know. Like that, that's why I'm asking. Like yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, like if a white dude comes, they're like, "Hey, you need to go to." Uh, <laughs> the fuck's the other get one? out yeah. of here and go to Emerald. Go to yeah, Emerald. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that. Nah, so. that that uh, but I'm I, I'm here and the organization is here to help anybody right. that that is gonna be an asset to the the fire department. And that's good yeah. to know because there because I think there is. I'm not saying the majority of that perception is out there, but there is a perception like, hey, if you're black, go here. If you're Mexican, yeah. go here. If you're white, go to these guys. Speak, so. speak that's weird. Our that. perceptions are off. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. So, <laughs> so there. If you're Asian, you're fucked. You, you can't go anywhere. We don't have one. Got to create one. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about it. We're gonna the Red Dragons or something. We're talking about. They're red dragons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go for guys. Let me put this out here real quick, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. If if anybody listen to this that's on the Phoenix Fire Department, here's a rumor that United Black Firefighters is the reason why engineers' process is changing, captain's process, or whatever. You can call me directly, <laughs> and I'll tell you the truth, which is none of that is is the case. Uh is that a legitimate concern? Believe it or too? not, United Black Firefighters doesn't have that much power. Yeah, I, 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 I was say, thanks for, thanks <laughs> right. for thinking so, that we do, yeah. bro. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. So, because I've heard some goofy shit out there, and I brought it to Steve Berline, and he, he squashed it at a union meeting. But uh, like not, people literally saying, we changed the captain's process for black. I guys. heard that. The engineer's process, the written test was removed because somebody from United Black Firefighter, or we as an organization, complained to the department. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm not going to say we... I got some things I'm going to bring to you, Tim, that I'd like you guys to if you yeah. can change for me. The Asian guys mind. would like to take the driving part out of it. I'm terrible. You guys know this already. <laughs> we we have had meetings as an organization with the second floor and expressing concerns and stuff based on the conversation we had on this podcast the last time. Uh, and that's kind of what we're built to do for our members. That yeah, for sure. as as mentors, right? Like it's our job to protect the people that we get. Not protect may be the wrong word, but to look after. Yeah. Well, and I think you're also mentor. modeling behavior and how to actually make change yeah. and how to question things and how to improve the process for everybody. And and those conversations with the second floor and the union leadership were were very blunt, very direct, and and like a lot of the purpose of this conversation today was what's changed, and I don't think. We've changed anything as a department based on those conversations. But I do think, uh, at least from what I've heard, there hasn't been any crazy issues going on at the stations recently. So that's a good thing. So you guys think that's gotten better as far as as, as people are more aware? Like, would you say that, that, that – in this last year, maybe not a lot has changed, but there's a lot more awareness about what you guys go through, what you're struggling with, like people being more aware of, of, of maybe saying something that fucking is stupid. Like, has that changed for you guys? 
Yeah, I didn't deal with a lot of that anyway. And part of that is probably because my dad's a chief, right? So people are, are different around me. And I'm a captain, so I, in a lot of ways, you get to kind of dictate the what's what's acceptable yeah you know yeah. what i mean so i actually think it's more I, I don't discredit either one of those things tim but i actually think it's more because they know you'll speak up maybe that's the case too yeah. that's my guess but, but uh well yeah they don't want the pushback so yeah i when, can see that when you're a new firefighter you like and i think i talked about this last time when the day after George Floyd died and I got guys that I mentored telling me they're mm-hmm. hearing crazy shit yeah. <laughs> walking into the stations, uh, I didn't hear none of that stuff, right? right, right. But but I dictate my my culture at my station at the time, right? So I think Chris is yeah. right. Like like some guys will say shit that they know that that they're going to be able to get away with it in front of somebody like a one year guy maybe it's a, it's you know, bullying mentality yeah no question i agree yeah like cuz even roy being you know back i mean roy doesn't have a shit ton of time on the job but i just think roy's personality people aren't going to fucking try and push nope. back no cuz you might get talked to yeah and i'm not going to educated you want to educate it yeah for i'm sure. educated yeah. for sure <laughs> yeah there's no reason there to but i think you know it, I, I going back to what you said um, the conversation is has gotten better. The dialogue has gotten better. I haven't personally experienced any of those things personally, but uh, I'm a humanitarian. I try to just live my life the way I live my life. Um, I've never really been presented with it, and so I don't really know um, how I would kind of react, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, nonetheless, I just try to be a good person, you know what I mean? That's just what it comes down to. I just try to be a, a, a good individual, good human being, you know what I mean? So... Hopefully we'll continue down this path of um, dialogue, of, of, of hearing both sides of the story, or hearing sides of the stories that you don't necessarily get a chance to hear as often, um, you know, moving forward in the years to come. And then maybe next year we'll be in a better place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or a little bit more movement. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, is this where it's fucking, things just move so damn slow, but is this is... Like is it is this kind of conversation or, or this kind of regular conversation is this is this something that has to happen that needs to happen like people need to continually talk about it because I think when you stop talking about some shit then everybody thinks it's okay yeah yeah you you need to continue the conversation and you need to like I said earlier continue to seek out relationships outside of your little circle that you grew up around or whatever else. Unless there are some of us that, like yourself, Brandon, you you grew up in an extremely diverse environment. So you have all types of people that you kick it with that go to your house, you Mm -hmm. go to their house, so on and so forth. Uh, You know, we got some people in the job that probably grew up in North Scottsdale and they're stuck in North Scottsdale, and by that I mean their mentality, the circle that they keep around themselves, and and whatever else. It's and even for me as a, as a black man, like yeah, I I need to I need to make sure that I continue to maintain the diverse circle that I have around as well. 
because the goal or sh- should be for everybody is to leave this place, whether I'm talking about the country, earth, department, whatever, better than we found it. And and that means impacting it for my kids. So, But the, the sad part is deep down, I don't think a lot is going to change by the time my kids are my age. Right, uh, yeah. I think we're kind of... It, like you said, change happens slowly, so it will be probably a little better because it's a little better than it was when my dad was coming up. A uh, lot better than it was when my grandparents were coming up. But there's still, because of the foundations that we're built on, there's there's always that that uncomfortable truth in the Remnants. background. Remnants. Yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of that just kind of goes away with time by when you promote or if you don't promote or when Roy promotes or whatever else to get that younger generation, that better mentality. Cause I don't know, I don't know if a lot of people would be mature enough to say, Hey, like I need as a black man to have more white friends, to have more Asian friends, to have more people like my kids exposed to those people. I don't know if a lot of people, you know, people are that open-minded because because a lot of times I think it just feels more comfortable to, to continue to surround yourself by people that you're comfortable with. No doubt. So, it, and it paid, like I said, I got it easy because of how I grew up. Like, yeah. you know, I went from uh, a brown and black community to a predominantly white community. So I had to, you know. Yeah, it's forced on you, yeah. right? Yeah. Adapt, code switch. So it's a. And to relate uh, something else into this, I don't know that we can have a, a a finite mindset. It's a it's an infinite mindset of the the progressive change. Because I don't know is there is there an actual endpoint where like oh this is all better now. I, I don't actually think it's <laughs> I don't I don't think it actually exists. It. Really, yeah, we've made it. So now, so all right, let's just keep with that infinite mindset of of the development and the steps forward and the improvement and so that people actually do feel in general feel more comfortable about everything and or about the situation and the environment and and where they work and who they're around and it's it's less divisive i guess i yeah i think humans have a mentality that's of scarcity right yeah. so if i that's give scary. some to to tim that's less for me yeah, yeah, whether yeah. it's rights, Harbor whether it's money, whether whatever it is. And it's probably in, innate within us from when there was true scarcity. Right, now, especially in America, I mean, even if you look at us compared to the rest of the world, our, our people that are in poverty are still in the what top 10% yeah. of the world or whatever, which is great. But... We can even bring them up higher and still not suffer. Right, so enough. we we as a as a country, state, city, department, whatever the case may be, have to lose that scarcity mentality that if I if I help Roy, it's hurting Tim. Right. No. Right. It's it's me helping Roy is gonna help me. Help everybody. It's gonna help you, it's Amen. gonna help everybody. Amen. So agreed. Yeah. Stuff. What else? 
Well, we're fucked. We got nowhere. We're so we've st- well, we've started a trend. <laughs> Swimming in one, one, yeah. one arm. Right. Yeah. We Great. started a trend. So uh, I guess hashtag it in the next <laughs> period of time, whatever it is, if it's six months or if it's a year, then we can come back and may- hopefully have a different conversation or an Im- slightly improved conversation or the opportunity to say, "Hey, we saw this. It actually made a difference," or "We did this, and it actually made a difference." Yeah, I mean, even if this, if we. If we we revisit it every year, at least we're continuing the conversation, right? So right. we can bring these things back up, and you know people can hear them again, or like hear 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 that same perspective over and over and over again. Because I just don't think I I don't think kind of what, what you're saying. There is no end point, right? right? Like we need to get better every day. We need to be able to un- understand each other more every day. Be a little more compassionate, and like you know, the day when fucking Tim's wife cannot get you know and bombed on the fucking street will be a good day. But I do think I am in, in agreement that it's going to be a long fucking time before that's probably not going to happen. And it, it, this was impactful, impactful for my personal life. Cause I had people that reach out to me after the last one that, mm-hmm. that they said it impacted them. So hopefully yeah. you continuing to keep it yeah. uh, going. will will it'll at least affect our small circle on the job and, and outside of the job in our communities. But I got, I actually got the most feedback from people outside of the job that had listened to that particular episode. White people? Uh, people. You have all kinds of people. Yeah. Mostly yeah. white people. <laughs> that's your people. Yeah. That's where I come yeah. from. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I love uh, how we can talk. But it was, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, you guys did a really, really good job. And 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 I'll put it out there too to you guys. Like, if there's a, a topic or a subject or a member that you guys want in this room to talk about shit, yeah. like fucking hit us up. Like, because I'm not afraid, you know, to bring 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 those people in to have those other conversations. Like, because we still want to get your dad in here. I think it'd be, be a really good conversation. Maybe next time even get your dad in here to talk about that kind of stuff. But but if there's anything that's Hot, current, you know, any of that stuff. Like, hey, man, this happened. Like, we'd like a fucking meeting to talk about this stuff. Fucking come on. Because I'm I don't, because right you know me, I'm not afraid yeah. to be controversial. Or yeah, we've already, we got all the friends we can handle. Yeah, yeah I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not taking any more applications. Yeah. All, all those fucking, all those applications for friends are fucking gone. So, but yeah, but but I do want want to put that out there so you guys know that that there's something that, that a topic that J-Dub wants to approach or talk about openly, like, let us know. Copy. Right on. Thanks. Thank you. I'm afraid. Well, wrap it up, Chris. Yeah, appreciate it, fellas. So we haven't done this a while. I got to get back in the game. So uh, that's um, all the same shit. This is uh, (laughs) you have been listening to Make the Difference podcast (laughs) with our uh, guests today, Mr. Roy Lewis and uh, Tim Gamage. Um, We appreciate the opportunity to have the conversation. You are going to be able to listen to this in many places, including Apple Podcast, Stitcher. Spotify, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere where you can download a janky-ass podcast, you can listen to this. Right. Yeah, and I think, if I re- don't recall right, right the, the last time they were here, that was our highest, our, our most listened to episode, correct? Uh, yeah, I haven't checked in a while, but yeah, it was it, it was the most downloaded episode. Uh, it got into double yeah, digits. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, and ten. ten. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking ten. It was a good day. No, so, it was yeah. actually uh, yeah. in the thousands. Yeah, it's in the thousands, wow. and, and people continue yeah. to listen to right. it. So, yeah, absolutely, good stuff. You yep. guys want to close with anything? 
I just want to say thank you for the opportunity again. Uh, and for the people listening, continue to educate yourselves. Like I've said probably a dozen times today, surround yourselves with people that come from different places with you than you as well. Uh, especially for your kids because their kids model what we do, right? So mm-hmm. I, I think that's vitally important. Um, again, yeah, thank you guys, man. It's always a pleasure. We always have a great time here. I love conversing, you know what I mean? So uh, knowledge is power, man, you know. Uh, do yourself a favor. Pick up a book, open it up, you know. And if you don't like to read, ask Siri, ask Google. She'll get you in the right yeah, place. They'll talk to you. They'll actually yeah. tell you everything <laughs> yeah. you need. You don't have to read it anymore. It will read it for you. Yeah. So there's no excuse. Um, but what you, what you shouldn't do or what I don't want to see people is don't go backwards, you know. We're, we're at a point where we're moving forward now and then the train is moving, you know, in society. And so hopefully everybody will get on board. I'm just trying to get on a love train, man. <laughs> That's it. It's a love train, brother. So, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, we'll see you soon. Later. <laughs>